This is The People's Show with Bick Nazar and Randy Janda. Hour two of the show. Welcome back to The People's Show. However you're listening to us, thanks for making us a part of your day. Live, on the stream, on the pod, Spotify, Apple, or Google. Hit that subscribe button. Always appreciate it. This hour of The People Show brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Get the quality turf, construction, and ag equipment you need while staying under your salary cap at the closest Kubota dealer to the lower mainland. Nick Shook will join us. This segment from NFL.com, getting ready for NFL kickoff. We're on until 5 o'clock. So we got to race home at a reasonable speed. Had to remind myself what time it is. So we're, we're all over the place these days. So Yeah. We, we did get a don't at me earlier. Uh, don't at me. Have a regular time slot earlier today. For our live listeners, absolutely. It's very important. For the podcasters, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just a matter of when the podcast goes up, right? That's why I always say hour one, hour two, hour two, hour three. Uh, Never. 3.02 p.m. It is confusing. I just saw Jamie Dodd in the uh, the bullpen here. Who's coming up at five o'clock, by coming the way. Coming up at five. He and Eddie G. That's right. The newest voice of the Vancouver Giants. Who will also join us later today. That's right. And I don't, I didn't even realize, I don't really look at the schedule. So I was like, yeah. Jamie, what are you doing here? Oh, we're hanging out. Speaking of hanging out. He's going to be hanging out with us tomorrow as well. Can't wait. We're going to be at the Nat, 11 o'clock tomorrow. Nooner at the Nat. And uh, yeah, me, you, and Jamie Dodd uh, all together again. So uh, that'll be the show tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Two people can't handle Confession Friday. You need the third just to balance things out. Absolutely. Uh, All right. Kickoff today. Cannot wait. 520 kickoff. Be a bit of a uh, moment of silence as well. Imagine a bit of a... Ceremony as well for the Rams and their Super Bowl win. Things get real tonight. Uh, Nick Shook joins us from NFL.com. Nick, is this Christmas morning? Hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty, close. pretty yeah. close. I'm just excited to finally get some football that matters for four quarters. Right. So I, I, I'm all like bold predictioned out. I, I don't I don't have any more preview takes. I need takes for like Monday morning to be like, oh, this, this team isn't it. I, I need those style of takes now. Right. I, I need I need some proof that I can rely on. I mean, even if it's a snap judgment and it's, it's sure. overblown or whatever, I need something. I mean, I'm doing the underdogs piece in NFL.com every week, and, and I'm going off of last year's knowledge. And a lot of things change from year to year. There's a lot of turnover. There's a reason that, uh, you know, the parity produces so many new playoff teams every year. So uh, this is the first chance we get at some substantial proof. Is it a lot? No, but it's something, something more than we've gotten so far. And it is, you know, tonight marks the start of that. And and what a game we have, you know. Oh, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's quite a matchup. It, it feels like the NFL is kind of leading into this now. Last year's, you know, Tampa Bay and Dallas, right? With, there's no more, oh, we know people are going to tune in, and so let's just put the Jaguars on the opening game or whatever, like a, a lowly team. It's like, let's get marquee teams. It's the Super Bowl favorite versus the Super Bowl champs. So is this the Super Bowl preview? No league is better at turning every significant event into a tentpole event than the NFL. I mean, they've done it with literally everything, the combine, the draft, uh, the first week of the season, the Super Bowl, everything in between uh, has an air of significance and they've done a great job of pumping this up. You know, what's it been close to a decade since we've been, you know, having the pregame concerts outside the stadium before the game. That used to be the, the most exciting moment in some of these games, other than the fact that football was back. Uh, luckily they've pitched a couple of, Serious contenders, Super Bowl contenders, uh, to to meet in 
week one, you know, and, and this reigning Super Bowl champions, they're the ones who get to celebrate the fact that they won and then they got to get on the field and go play because they're going to be facing quite a test right away. In terms of respect given, because it feels like a lot of folks in the NFC are, are kind of leaning towards the Niners and what they could be with that defense. They're looking at Tampa Bay. Are we sleeping on the Rams a little bit? It doesn't seem like they're getting as much love as previous champions. Yeah, I think so. Um, slightly because of the fact that Actually, you know, I really don't know if I have a great explanation for why. Because there wasn't a ton of turnover with this team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Aaron Donald back. You lost Von Miller, but he was an in-season addition last year. Odell Beckham's still coming back from a knee injury, and he's not with the Rams officially, although it feels like that's going to happen eventually. But otherwise, the, a lot of your key players are there. Maybe it's because they don't have a marquee running back. Maybe it's because people weren't that impressed by Cam Akers, despite the fact that he should have stunned the world. He did stun the world and coming back from that Achilles injury so quickly. Uh, but maybe they just the needle isn't moved as much. I mean, you have the triple crown receiver in, in, in Cooper Cup. You have Allen Robinson, who I think is going to play a big part in that offense. I don't know. I mean, they have they got Bobby Wagner at linebacker. They got Jalen Ramsey. There's just, there's plenty of reasons to want to like them, right? Yeah. But I think that the football world in general also has a tendency to want to see a new champion every year, which I understand. Uh, I definitely get that to a degree. And maybe they felt like, well, the Rams they won the Super Bowl, but they beat the Bengals. Well. Uh, I don't know if we look too closely yet at the NFC lineup, but it's not as deep as the AFC, at least not on paper. I mean, the 49ers, yeah, they got that defense, but what do they have in Trey Lance? Speaking of needing some substance, we don't know what they have in him. This is his first true test starting this week and through this whole season. Uh, so that's kind of a, a tough horse to a, attach your cart to if I'm, you know, being the prognosticator in that situation. And, and you know, the Cardinals, they've, Shown promise. They've looked like the best team in the NFL through 12, 13 weeks, and then they've blown a tire each of the last few years. So, uh, I mean, there's plenty of reason to second-guess them as well. And the Buccaneers, they won a Super Bowl two years ago, but they also have lost their entire interior offensive line. So, well, save for Shaq Mason. They've lost two of the three guys there. Uh, you know, so uh, it's there are weaknesses with every team. Stafford's elbow might be an issue. You know, they've tried to downplay it in L.A. that it's not an issue, but that stuff tends to rise up over time, especially with a guy of his age. But, yeah, I don't see why the Rams aren't getting the attention. I think it's just because people don't want to see a repeat champion, which is crazy because we haven't seen a repeat champion in quite some time. 17 years. It's been a long time. Uh, 17, the number for Josh Allen, who is uh, getting all the headlines this offseason. He was so phenomenal in the postseason. And the point I was making earlier uh, last week was like he was great two years ago, but like with the extra game he had less yards, less wins, the interceptions went up. Uh, his his uh, obviously the the sacks uh, stayed the same, but if 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 you were looking for like the coronation of Josh Allen, which I feel like is happening, he was actually better two years ago. And I'm curious, like where this this love in for Josh Allen has started. Is it just based on the playoffs? Because you know last season was kind of up and down for the Bills. They lost to the Steelers, who were um, very insignificant. They lost to the Jaguars. They picked up weird losses over the season, and yet it feels like everyone's trying to make it Josh Allen's year this year. Well, first off, you deserve a gold star for that transition. Thank you. Unbelievable, that was right? Fantastic. I'm serious. All-star level stuff. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I agree. It's weird because I have Bills and Rams as my Super Bowl pick, and I felt like after I submitted it that I was going chalk, and obviously I've very much gone chalk, which I don't typically like to do. I try to go away from that. But that just felt like the most logical selection for me at this point. It could go a number of different ways, but the Bills, you know, they luck out for the fact they're not in the AFC West. They don't have to play those guys, you know, two times a season. So, they're already getting a bit of an advantage there. I don't think people are as high on the Patriots as they were toward the end of the season last year. The Dolphins are kind of unproven. There's reason for optimism, but they just don't know. And then the Jets are the Jets. So 
they're in a division where they feel like people feel like they can cruise to an easy division title and position themselves to, you know, make a deep run in the playoffs. And I think that what's dry to really answer your question, what's, what's driving their momentum this entire off season is the way they lost, which is crazy because they didn't even get to the conference championship mm-hmm. game, but everyone was so captivated, captivated by that game. It's like, they have just been dying to see more of the bills and they, they see a great future for Gabe Davis. Go look where some of these players are being drafted in fantasy drafts, for example. Gabe Davis is way up higher than I thought he would be. They already have Diggs. Dawson Knox just got an extension. Uh, the offensive line seems very solid. And, oh, they added Von Miller defensively. So there's plenty of reasons to be excited. It's just that maybe not a huge number of changes and just the right additions. Just Maybe that's what makes people think that they're going to get over the hump. Or it's the fact that, like, eventually they got to get over the hump, right? You know, they've lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs each of the last two years. This has got to be the year. The Chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. This has got to be the year for the Bills to get over the hump, so that's why they're hopping on board now. We'll see, though. I mean, they they have a lot of reasons to be excited, but like you said, they went through their struggles last year. They certainly went through their struggles. They got hot toward the end of the season at the right time. Uh, We'll see if they can actually take what they did against the Chiefs in the regular season into the playoffs. If they do meet, it's not going to be an easy road out of the AFC regardless. It's easier to be that team on the rise, but now the spotlight is on them. How does the quarterback, how does the team respond? And all, obviously in any NFL season, it comes down to a bit of luck too. Injury, you know, trouble or injury, you know, good luck potentially as well. Do you stay healthy? Now, you mentioned both of these teams that I wanted to hit on. The biggest question mark in the NFL this season, is it Tua or is it Trey Lance? Because it feels like both of these teams, with the Niners, there's some Super Bowl hype there. With the Miami Dolphins, there's an expectation of you make the playoffs. Which is the biggest question mark, in your opinion? Well, the more significant question mark, maybe not the big, I think they're about on the same level. We've seen some examples of Tua that makes us think that maybe he can be good. We've seen examples of that, you know, justifies our, um, our skepticism regarding him. Trey Lance, we just don't really know. The sample size is not big enough to really go off of anything reliable. So I think to answer this question, which is the bigger question mark, we go in two areas. Trey Lance is an unknown, so that's the bigger question mark. But the more significant, more important, more uh, you know, momentous question mark in terms of long-term career is Tua Tagovailoa because if he doesn't play well this year, like they don't have excuses anymore. You can't say, well, he didn't have enough weapons. He's got he's got Jalen Waddle. He's got Tyree Kill. I mean, they they went and added a bunch of guys to the to the running back room, even though the the Washington duo ended up you know winning some of those jobs out of camp, they've done enough. They went and got Teron Armstead at left tackle. There are no more excuses for Tua's struggles. He needs to stay healthy. He needs to prove he can be that quarterback. Because if he doesn't this year, it's probably his last year. They're probably looking to go somewhere else. And so, yeah, to answer, it, it's, I think it would be Tua just because, you know, with a lack of Lance information, you know, we're all going in blind with Trey Lance. Talking to Nick Shook from NFL.com, you mentioned uh, you, you picked Bills and Rams for your Super Bowl, and it felt kind of chalk. We did our division winners the other day, and th- this was just my experience, maybe it was for you. I felt it was easy, quote-unquote, to just pick the division winners, and I, I just kind of went chalk in all of it, and it just felt like, oh, yeah, just picking the best quarterback and best coach, and that's kind of what the league is right now. Okay. But let me ask you this, because I think this is one, one of the, like, we can go AFC West, obviously, and you could go, oh, well, who's winning that? But I'm going to avoid that. Who'd you pick in the AFC North? Because you said best quarterback and best coach. There's some, there's some debate there. Right. I, I went Baltimore. Okay. You went Baltimore. All right. Because, and this, this brings up another good topic, too. A lot of people overlooking 
Baltimore, or the Bengals, you know, when talking about sure. AFC North, thinking about Baltimore. I actually went Baltimore as well, and I felt that that wasn't chalk because the Bengals are the reigning division champions. They're the reigning conference champions, but they're also a conference champion that won their division with just 10 wins because teams like Baltimore had so many injuries, and they, the Bengals, stayed relatively healthy. So is Baltimore chalk, or is Bengals technically chalk. I've never really been able to come to a conclusion on that. It, it's starting to feel like Baltimore is chalk, even though they didn't make the playoff last year. Well, let's expand this a bit then. And I'll say even just picking playoff teams felt easy. Like, I feel like there's a gap between, like, the 14 teams that are going to the playoffs and the, the teams that aren't. And that exercise felt too easy for me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that to, to an extent. But then we can go back to the AFC West, right? Yeah. And we could say, well, which team or teams, two teams could not make the playoffs out of this division, and which if we, if we say three out of four make the playoffs, they somehow survive the gauntlet that is going to be the divisional games this year. Who is the team that's not making the playoffs? Because I have Denver not making the playoffs because they have the greatest margin for error. But there's room for interpretation there. You could go a mm-hmm. number of different ways. I think you could pick any of those teams to not make the playoffs, as crazy as it sounds, because of how tight it's supposed to be and because of you know, potential weaknesses in different rosters. All right, there is some buzz in the NFC North as well. Not the Packers, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, there's always going to be buzz, but the Minnesota Vikings and what O'Connell's bringing to that team and ideally out of a, a healthy Dalvin Cook and a Justin Jefferson. Are you buying the hype that is starting to build with this Vikings team? A healthy for now, Dalvin Cook. I mean, we just kind of have to, yeah. you know, couch that at this point. He gets fatigued hammies at some point in the year. That's what happens. Yeah, he sadder to shoulder injuries, some sort of upper body issue, collarbone, chest, something like that almost every year. And... And yet he still is good for, you know, 13 to, I mean, he had 14 games probably a year is what he's going to, and he's going to get you a thousand yards. He's going to be a force on the ground. He's going to do a ton of different things. So he's, he's consistent. He's just, he's not going to be healthy for a full season because he just doesn't do that. But it's interesting that you say that because I was looking at this the last couple of weeks and thinking, man, you know, nobody's really paying attention to the Vikings. And I kind of understand why, because I mean, if you look at them on paper, you think, well, offensively, they got all the pieces they need, right? Defensively, there's some question marks. But the bigger reason that they've kind of lingered in the shadows is because they've been in Green Bay's shadow. And I feel like this is a late boost in momentum where people are like, we're getting the regular season. They're like, oh, wait, there's teams other than the Packers in the NFC North. Maybe we should pay attention to the team in Minnesota. And maybe they just needed a new coach to inject a new, uh, you know, breath of fresh air into this entire organization that was kind of, you know, bogged down by Mike Zimmer after the many years that he was there uh, to, to take that next step forward. Now, a lot of people don't like Kirk Cousins. But there are also a lot of football teams that would like Kirk Cousins over the guy that they have at quarterback. So maybe he robs you the wrong way. Maybe he's not the guy that's necessarily going to go win you a Super Bowl. But he can go win you 10-11 games and get you in position for the playoffs if everything goes right. So then we have to go back to the defensive side of the ball and think, well, what are the big question marks there? Cornerback has been an issue for them for the last few years. Patrick Peterson returns. He's a veteran. He's lost a step, but he can still be serviceable in a specific role. Cam Dancer, you kind of like what you get out of him. The big question is just kind of in their secondary in general. But defensively, up front and linebacker, you're still feeling pretty good. And you know that you got what you need offensively. Can they put it all together? And if there was a year to take advantage of any weakness with the Packers, it's probably this year. And we get that in week one, which will be really fun. That was one of my underdog picks as well this week, was the Vikings over the Packers. They always have classics in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I feel like if this, is a, if this is an opportunity, you know, if they're going to find an opportunity to beat the Packers early and maybe get a little bit of an advantage and prove that, hey, Little Brother's ready to fight Big Brother. It's week one. Hey, Nick, we appreciate it as always. Uh, enjoy tonight, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, that is Nick Shook, at the Nick Shook on Twitter from NFL.com. All right, Randy, be ready. Oh, is it time? 
It's time. Well, we'll do the division winners, or we did division winners, but we'll do uh, wildcard teams in a bit, but we may as well uh, get to it. It's been slandered nonstop since February. I should mention, for good reason. For For great reason. For absolutely necessary reasons. I had to go back into the lab. I'm putting the segment on the line this year, that if if it fails again miserably, we, we might have to retire it. Is there a number are you putting on this, or are you just in general, like, if, if you feel like you're embarrassing yourself? You're I, gonna... I feel like I got to hit, like, 52, 53%. Okay, so not even the 50. You got to make sure that you make money. Well, because, yeah, because the, the number is usually you want to hit 54.6% or something like that. Okay. So I, I want to hit that number. But if, if we don't hit it, might have to retire Big Six. Okay. And it's been slandered nonstop. Had to go back in the lab, rework everything. Let's start the season off in style. Let's get to a Big Six. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Take it to the house. It's Big Six. So on a Thursday, let's I'll do, go, Vic. I'm ready. I'll do one pick on Thursdays. We'll do the five on Friday. It's not often we have a Thursday night football pick, but I'm starting out hot. Super Bowl favorite? I don't buy it. Rams plus two and a half versus the Bills tonight. I don't know what I'm missing here. I get it if Matt Stafford was out, but he's back in. This line should reflect that. Bills are road favorites, and he's playing. Aaron Donald wasn't suspended for the helmet thing, nor did he retire. Jalen Ramsey still exists. They're at home. I'm sure you've heard the stat this week. Sean McVay is 5-0 in season openers. The Bills don't have their number one corner. They're starting rookies in the secondary. I like the players they're investing in, but it's still the first NFL game for some of these guys. Sean McVay is going to have a field day playing with tempo, forcing communication mishaps, against young players. Yes, the offense is exciting, but my concern for the Bills' offense is interior offensive line, and it just so happens defensive tackle GOAT Aaron Donald is on the field. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Okay, so you got Rams plus two and a half. Take the points. Rams win 30-27 to tonight. All right, let me just get my pick in here. I'm going to go with the Bills minus two and a half. Just to, just to fade your pick for week one, all right? Don't fine. take offense to that. That's fine. I'm not taking offense. I'm just saying. I understand that I'm I'm going to get a lot of bleep from you and people texting in. I get it. It was a bad year last year, okay? I readily admit that. Just win. And then, then the narrative might change. But in I, the meantime. I, I had to trade Russell Wilson. I had to rework everything. We're rebuilding. But this is it now. We're, like, we're back in it. Rams plus two and a half tonight. Uh, on my list of six picks, it's fitting in at number three this week. So I'll do one, two, four, five, six tomorrow. All right. Rams uh, plus two and a half. We got Jeffro coming in with this one. You just do what you do, Bick. Let's make some money this year. Don't listen to these fools. Jeffro's no, on your side. You know what? Like the, the punches that people did not pull were warranted. And I got it. I get I got it. I took it on the chin. I accepted it. But I'm hoping to come back strong this year. Meanwhile, another text, as you were making that pick, said, wrong. That's fine. Right off the bat. I get it. Marcus and Gibson. It, look, it's a long it's a long season, okay? Uh, there, there, there's going to be 120 of these picks. I love this one here. Marcus and Gibson's. I bet on the Rams. Now Bick picks them. Is it too late to take my bet back? <laughs> I'll have to check play now. <laughs> or just double the bet on the other side? I don't know. Hey, hey, know your limit, play within, and all that sort of stuff. Rager coming in with this one. Big six. Let's ride. Oh, no. I might have cursed it right there. Oh, that's cringy. My favorite one right there. That's cringy right there. That's good, though. (laughs) Good one from Rager. Who was in the draft uh, last night as well? People show draft. 
shouts to everybody. I know Jeffro yeah. was in there, Marcus and Gibson's Rager as well. Um, but big six, big week for you. You know, I was talking about the Dolphins versus the Patriots, week one. Yeah. You gotta you gotta make sure that the conversation isn't about failure in week one. Bic, dude, you, you're there, man. I don't I, I need support from the people around You're not me. gonna get support from me. You should have should have oh. talked to Richo about that. I am not the guy that <laughs> provides support. I've had to go to my family, and they're like, what are you talking about, Big Six? Like, what? You do this thing on the air? What are you talking about? I'm here for support. Thank you, Dom, very much. The yeah. the, the, the wind beneath my wings there, Dom Schramatti. Man, United fans. Of Josh Groban. We're out here. Is that Josh Groban? It's not uh, Barbara Streisand? Yeah, wind originally. Beneath my wings? Yeah, originally it was Barbara Streisand. Okay, yeah. Oh, come on. Kids today. It's before my time. Wake up, millennial. Tanbeer coming in with, I said I would tail Bick all season, but I was on the Bills today. I, I I respect the faith. But again, we'll, we'll play this out. You have your own process. Big has his own. There's 120 picks to go. Maybe I'm wrong on, on game one. There's 120 picks to go. All right. I'd like to wish you good luck, but I don't know if that's good for content. So I guess we'll wait and see. <laughs> I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, all right. Let's get to the rest of the, we did division winners. Let's get to the rest of our wildcard picks and Super Bowl winners as well. You can go listen to the podcast or MVP picks uh, from yesterday as well. We did the division winners really quickly here. You did KC, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Buffalo in the AFC, uh, Green Bay, Philly, Tampa, and the Rams in the NFC. Uh, I did very similar. KC, Baltimore, Indy, Buffalo, Philly, uh, Tampa, Green Bay, and the Rams. So we were very similar. Uh, Wild card teams, AFC, go. The wild card in the AFC for me, Baltimore. I don't have them as the division winner. I have Cincinnati, but Baltimore's still going to be good. Okay. We know Lamar Jackson is going to be near MVP level, and we know what their MO is. They're even in an injury-riddled year last year, next man up policy, right? The LA Chargers. KC to me is the, the powerhouse of that division, but the Chargers will take a step. So I got them as a wild card spot. And yes, the Miami Dolphins in the wild card spot. For me, I think they do take that step. It's not going to be a resounding winning the division. They're not that good, but they do take a step. They make the playoffs, and really, the pressure is going to be on. I think Tua delivers to get them to the playoffs. Uh, I got Chargers. I got the Bengals. Okay. I got the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns? I got the Cleveland Browns. That might be my – actually, I should have made that my bold prediction. That is a very bold prediction. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns going. Half of the season, they're just going to – Ride with Jacoby Brissett. I love how we have to say ride like that. Now. You have to say it. It's like the... Let's ride. It's like the Kool-Aid guy. Do you say it like... Oh, yeah. No, like, it's, it's like, like, a, like that. It's like unlimited. You can't just say unlimited anymore. You have to say unlimited. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Do you say it like Keenan Allen or do you say it like Russell Wilson? Because I feel like I'm trying, to imp- I'm trying to impersonate Keenan Allen impersonating Russell Wilson. I try ride. to go for the corniness of one Russell Wilson. Sure, okay. All right. So you got the Browns. Yeah. Our next guest is going to love that take. Dolph Ziggler, yeah. Actually, Nick Shook is a uh, Browns guy as well. Exactly. Maybe just the residual effect of all that, all that has seeped into my brain and like sat constantly messaging it's me. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's... I'll wake up some days and like I'm right. just, I'll get like a Nick Chubb gift from Sat and like, dude, stop it. Like, I like the boldness. I don't know if I I definitely don't agree with you on that front. But there right. you go, a bold prediction. NFC wild card. Dallas Cowboys think the NFC East is going to be tight. I don't like that division, but I still think they make it in. The San Francisco 49ers. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I'll be honest with you, but that defense is so good. I mean, even if they go to Jimmy. They got playmakers. Yeah, if, if they go to Jimmy, you know what the baseline is. Their run game is good. The, all of that. And the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, I got the exact same three. So, yeah, Dallas, I'm not a fan of, but I think coming out of the division, you've got four gimme wins pretty much all year long with 
Washington and the New York Giants. They're not good teams. We know that. So the Dallas Cowboys make it in. Uh, we're not going to go through the whole playoff scenario. Let's just uh, go straight to the Super Bowl. What do you got? Chiefs, Bucks. I think it's going to be a repeat. And are we doing winners here as well? We might as well. Yeah, sure. Why not? The Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I, I think this is a redemption year without Tyreek Hill for those Chiefs. And Pat Mahomes will remind us why he is the best in the game. I got the 49ers. Another repeat versus the Be More Ravens. Ballmore. Wow, okay. Let's go Ballmore and uh, the Ravens without a power outage. I was going to say, well, the lights go. Winning this one. Okay. Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore. Yeah. I'm all in. I think it's because you love the wire and you just want to you want to give Baltimore Probably. as much love as you possibly Probably. can. Probably a little bit. Uh, All right, but yeah, I'm in on the Ravens. Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, Bucks. Let's go. Hit us up with yours as well. Share your six fifty, six fifty. More on the way, including a chat with Dolph Ziggler, WWE superstar, joining many other stars for Saturday night's main event on September 24th at the Pacific Coliseum. He is next. Uh, before we go, though, Fido. Back-to-school deals on the latest phones, plans, and much more are now on at Fido. Visit them in-store or at Fido.ca now. Bick Nazar, Randy, Janda, back in a minute here. Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. This is The People's Show with Bick Nazar and Randy Janda. Welcome back to the show. Bick Nazar, Randy Janda here on The People's Show. This hour of The People's Show brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Sign up for the inventory alerts. You'll be the first to know when new equipment is available in store at the closest Kubota dealer to the lower mainland. DouglasLakeEquipment.com. We're nothing if not accountable, Randy. We absolutely are. And one thing we need to correct. Yeah. We were talking about Wind Beneath My Wings. The song. This is what I meant. I knew that I knew who it was, but yes, I got Bet it. Bet Midler sang that song. My Thank bad. you to the texter that texted in saying, Hey, hold on, it's not Barbara Streisand. It's Bet Midler. And yes, we are held accountable by the people. So therefore, we have to correct that. You Thank know who you wasn't me. wrong? You. This guy. Technically you were. You're like, oh that's Josh Groban. I've Groban. I've I've sung the song too in that case. We've all sung the song. Not on record. Uh, I, the only reason I I'm, that you know of the only reason I know it is because it was you know, Ben Midler was in Seinfeld and they're like oh Beaches is on and Wind Beneath the Wings hey that's I'm really okay I was two years old when that song came out all right yeah so I can I can be wrong there that's fine it's uh, been eighty four years <laughs> good shouts coming into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox people back in Randeep over Big Six people back in me over Big Six keep the engagement coming I'll get to a lot more uh, conversations through the course. Of the show, Chris Faber will join us in about a half hour from Canucks Army. Tucker Pullman on the ice uh, today uh, over at Eight Rinks. Faber also had a chat with uh, Tucker Pullman. Curious to get his thoughts on how he looked, but also Faber had a chance to uh, chat with Niels Hoaglander. Been a topic of conversation in this city in the offseason. Curious to see and uh, hear what Mr. Hoaglander had to say. Big, big season for him coming up. We'll do that in about a half hour when Faber joins the show. Uh, but now, uh, getting ready for a cool event coming up September 24th. WWE Saturday night's main event. Tickets on sale at TicketLeader.ca. We gave some tickets away way earlier in the summer, even before summer. Getting people hyped for this uh, awesome event at the Pacific Coliseum. First time in over seven years. Roman Reigns is going to be there. Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss. Kevin Owens, The Miz, Rey Mysterio, and our next guest 
as well. Dolph Ziggler, again, coming to town Saturday, September 24th. Dolph, thanks for doing this. Uh, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How about you guys? Oh, yeah, we're doing awesome. Thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, excited. Uh, you've been to town, obviously, before, but we, you know, but before we get into the whole event, we do want to touch on some other stuff, uh, including uh, some football. Man, you were tweeting up a storm, college football this weekend, and the, the, the NFL season kicks off today. You hyped for your Browns? Uh, I'm always hyped for my Browns. I was a little bit more hyped last year, uh, but but uh, I'm, I'm happy to see it. One, football's back, which I love, and if you're a Cleveland guy, we, we've stuck with the Browns through thick and thin, and it's been mostly thin. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm excited for the game tonight. It's going to be good. Uh, I got the, the Browns uh, only one-and-a-half-point underdogs for Sunday, so that's a good start. And uh, I, I, we still love Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Browns got rid of him, but uh, Cleveland, I think, still embraced him. Yeah, we'll see uh, Baker's thoughts on that as well. He's uh, he he wants to mess up the old team, as he put it. <laughs> but all right, uh, since we got Who here, wouldn't want to? Exa- would you? Of course, hundred uh, percent. How is he even in the wrong here? We messed up. He didn't. All right, so. Uh, just really quickly, because you kind of mentioned just going through thick and thin with your team here, right? The Browns, we know their their history. It's It's been miserable at times. Here in this city, Vancouver Canucks haven't won a championship either. Like, What is it about that connection of a team, like constantly supporting a team, that, that, that loses, Dolph? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I guess it's just where we live. And you get, I mean, it would be weird if we won like the, the Super Bowl last year. We wouldn't have anything to complain about. We wouldn't have the same camaraderie. We wouldn't be like, ah, oh, it's Cleveland against the world. We wouldn't have any of that stuff. So one day, maybe it's in another 100 years, but maybe it's in two or three, we will win that championship. But until then, it's, it's, it's very much like, it's almost like my wrestling style. It's like a scrappy underdog. People are behind you, but you never pull off the big one. But every once in a while, you get a step away. And it's just that's what Cleveland is, and that I think that's what brings us all together as fans. That's why we still sell out the shows and the games because we're just waiting. Like the, the team is there, the city is there. We're all behind it. We just want it to happen. And one day when it does, who the heck knows? Yeah, you might be have a, a scrappy style, but you won what fifteen titles in the WWE. So there you go. That that's on your resume, unlike the Canucks and the Browns. But okay, before we move off of football, I wanted to get your thoughts. I know you're a diehard football fan. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year? Uh. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm going Baltimore. I, I you know, like I know that's close to home Ooh. for your Baltimore? Browns. Yeah, I'm going. I, I, I'm all in on the Ravens. I'm going Chiefs Buccaneers. Chiefs Bucks. Ah, can we just have that? Yeah. Hey, sometimes good teams come back. <laughs> People want the same uh, thing over and over. That's why what? the Undertaker comes out of retirement all the time. People like seeing exactly. refreshes. Yeah, I, I get. It. I mean, we have seen Roman and Brock before, so I get that. Uh, that, that makes sense. So if it works, it works. But I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see Buffalo tonight. I think what is, are they the favorite to be first or second and finish? Yeah. And I'm very curious to see how tonight. I think the game's going to be awesome tonight. But it, it's going to show if, if – uh, I mean, I'm thinking Cincinnati for our, for our division make, makes a move. But I, uh, this game tonight will be a good start and see. You know, maybe, maybe some people fall apart. Maybe that magic from last year is gone. You never know. You're listening to The People Show. We're joined by Dolph Ziggler, WWE superstar, coming to Vancouver on September 24th for Saturday night's main event. And you're coming to Vancouver in a couple of weeks' time, less than a couple of weeks. Uh, But it's not the first time you've been to Vancouver. Pre-pandemic, if I'm not mistaken, December 2019, you performed stand-up as well in Vancouver. Uh, How was that experience? Because this is kind of the unique aspect of you. You're a great wrestler, a champion-level wrestler, but at the same time, you got this other passion, this other, you know, profession as well. How was that experience in Vancouver? 
Uh, it was very cool. Uh, I am always very nervous because I have I've wrestled in thousands of matches at this point, but I've only done stand up, you know, 30, 40 times. So it scares the hell out of me. And it was, uh, I, I want to see the real theater. Yep. And, um, it was really fun uh, because of our loyal fan base. The fans come out and see the show. You get to do the meet and greet. You talk to them. You take pictures with them. You give them autographs. Uh, you tell them stories. You do the Q&A, which is so fun. And you try and make that fun and jokey. But I also try out stand-up material, and it scares the hell out of me. And I remember that one of the first times I ever did stand-up. It was at the Comedy Barn in uh, Canada a long time ago. And all I had was a three-minute bid on Chipotle. <laughs> and at the time, Chipotle was not in, <laughs> in Toronto yet. And they're like, uh, please welcome to the stage next to do like four minutes. And I asked Renee uh, uh, Young, I go, so you guys know Chipotle, right? She goes, oh, they don't have those here. And then they said my name, and I was like, oh, my God. So I'm always scared to death, and you could always bomb, and that's how you learn. But, man, it was so funny to do that first time and be like, uh well, what I, the hell are you talking about to, like, total silence? Like, I, I, I'm very happy to report we have Chipotle now. What was the big punchline if you want to deliver it now? Because now, now Canadians <laughs> know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I don't even – it was like a story that had happened to me, and uh, it, 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 it won't even apply to a punchline. But I'm, the, here's the most important part. You have Chipotle now. Yeah. So everyone wins. So what like what attracts you to that profession as well? Because you know wrestling obviously is so physical. There's a performance aspect to it, but you know comedy it it feels like it's a different realm completely. Why the two passions? Uh, it, it it all goes back to not being held up. I think um, I'm just kidding. I was held a bunch. <laughs> I just it, it's like you always want to perform. You're always on stage. It's like every single one of my ex girlfriends that always said like you always have to be on or something. Like you you want to be producing something. You want everyone looking at you. Not in the class clown way, but you always want to be making some point and making people laugh. Because my favorite thing to do is laugh. So if I can make my friends laugh by saying something gross or funny, you do it. So then you want to write it down. And then there's strangers, and you want to get their attention. You want to make them laugh. So you got to work that much harder. So you got to work on the notes. I have 40, 50 notebooks full that I walk around in my backyard, crossing things out and switching it up. And and then I record a set in my pocket and like, ooh, here's this new crowd work thing. And then add a tag to your joke. And it's it's just like wrestling, except. After 5,000 matches, I'm comfortable, and I'm at 40 sets now, and you know you need 5,000 just to figure out what the hell you're doing. Well, you display those mic skills on both sides, but what's the biggest difference between a wrestling crowd and a stand-up crowd? Um, my, one of my favorite things, well, see, they could be there to see you, or they could be there to see someone else. Hmm. So there could be a bunch of little kids who are there to see John Cena, and, uh, and they're like, oh, I kind of know who Dolph is, or I don't, and that's fine. And then you go, you win them over. You steal the show and you go there. I went to see John Cena, but man, Dolph Ziggler stole the show. It's very similar to that way. Like if, if, it, if I'm not the headliner of a show and it's half wrestling fans, I'm jumping on a, a friend's show like Kate Quigley or Sarah Tiana or someone's show, and I'm just coming up there as Nick uh, to do five minutes, you have to work that much harder. You don't have that benefit of the doubt of you're walking on the stage and everyone's so happy to see you and plotting. Everyone else is sitting there with their arms folded. They came to see someone else, and they go, make me laugh because you're wasting my time and you're not showing me the headliner I came to see. So that's where you figure out what works and what doesn't. That's where you work hard. That's where you go above and beyond and go, ooh, this isn't just me showing up and everyone's happy. I actually worked on something and wrote something, and it worked or it didn't, and then you know. But come on, who's who's heckling Dolph Ziggler? Like, you'll just put him <laughs> through a table. Like, come on, that's not happening, is it? <laughs> uh, it, it you know what? I. 
the really funny thing is that there isn't too much heckling for me, which is funny, uh, which is great. I appreciate it. But, yeah, it is like, I'm serious. If you don't know me and my hair's tied up in a bun and I have a black hat on and they go, please welcome Nick to do five minutes. They're like, <laughs> you're not the headliner I came to see. Make me laugh or I'm going to be mad at you, you know? So it's, it's just you work harder and then it, it, it helps you explore that craft and maybe find a different tag or a different thing that works. Yeah, there's a different level of confidence that a stand-up, uh, you know, comedy club heckler has that people in society <laughs> don't necessarily have. You listen to the People Show. We're joined by WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph, okay, on the wrestling side of things, what, 18 years in the game, you signed with the WWE in 2004. Does it feel like it's been that long? Because, you know, as far as I remember, I come from a, a wrestling family in the sense that we never wrestled, but we watched a lot of wrestling. My dad is a diehard, watches you guys to this day. You know, 18 years, does it feel like 18 years? Uh, you know, to me, it doesn't, and it's flown by. And I've been doing it a long time, and I've seen a lot of stuff. And, uh, man, it's, it's crazy because it feels like sometimes it's been two or three years, and it just zipped by because I think that so much of the travel and constantly being on the road that you just you get home for a day or two, you empty out your suitcase, and you get back on the road. You're so used to it that you're like, Oh, another year just went by? You're like, oh, holy cow. And then I used to have to, when someone asked me, like, how long have you been doing this? I'm like, I don't know, 10 years. And I'm like, oh, wait, I think it's like 15 or 16. <laughs> and it's like, it's that far off because there's no off season. There's no time off. I don't go away unless I need to because it's been 15 years without, you know, a weekend off or something. So it's, it's crazy that it's been that long. But that 18 years flew by, honestly. It feels like six. Sometimes when you know you talk to wrestlers and there's especially when you get in the game, you learn from somebody. Somebody teaches you the ropes. Do you see yourself being that guy now? Or are you are you kind of the mentor, so to speak? And and was there a guy that when you were coming up that that kind of taught you the way as well? Uh, whether I want to be or not, I am, and I have been in that position for probably ten years. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, I was just like that when I wrestled at Kent State. You know, sometimes I sat in the coach's chair. To, to, during our dual meets and our matches and things as like an honorary assistant coach and captain kind of thing. So I've been doing that my whole life. And it, it's probably, yeah, maybe six, seven years in, I was already doing some of it. But now, absolutely all the time, people come to me or I come to them or I help people out. Or if it's somebody or it's just like, I'm going to put this all together and take your input and make this all work great. Uh, so um, I was lucky. Um, I hated it at the time. I was in the spirit squad bunch of cheerleaders i thought you know we were kind of a joke and this didn't work but what i didn't realize for a full year i was getting training in the ring on the go in front of fans with Shawn michaels triple h rick flair roddy piper dusty Rhodes, on a weekly basis that's why i'm so good today because I got to have that time in the ring with those guys. I, I wanted to ask about that specifically. Just, you know, from where you are now and looking at the Spirit Squad, like, that influence, was it direct in that, like, that that constant uh, interaction with them, or was it greater than that to, to shape kind of the wrestler you are today? It, it, was a, it was that and a chip on my shoulder. I came into the Spirit Squad. Uh, I mean, I came into WWE right before the Spirit Squad, purely wrestling in high school and breaking records in college. I didn't come from the independents. I wasn't a legacy. I didn't have somebody get me in. I just, uh, my wrestling coach, Tadaki Hata, uh, was, had wrestled with Gerald Briscoe at Oklahoma. And it was all, they knew I was a fan. They knew I'd been trying to do it since high school at St. Ed's, college at Kent State. And I, my goal was to get a college education and then try this. You know, it was my dream. 
and it all somehow worked out that way to like make it in there just to get to WWE. And then it was, okay, how can I learn five years of training in one year? So I was going to practices uh, without, you know, without everybody else. I was going uh, at night on the weekends. My buddy uh, Mikey in the spirit squad had been training and learning some things. So he would roll around with me. He would teach me stuff. He had a key and we would sneak in there a couple times a week and I was focused on, you know, being early to practice, leaving late, getting in the ring with these guys. I said, I'm making up five years time in one year. And I feel like not just five years time, five years time was some of the greatest of all time. So that's what stuck with me. I said, I am going to go from zero to, to having them when the spirit squad ends, begging me to be on their roster. So, so you were a complete blank slate. I'm, I'm trying to think, cause I, I imagine there's a, pretty good Ohio wrestling uh, background or farm system or something like that. Your, your exposure to wrestlers prior to Danny, this was, was nil. Uh, yeah, I just, I was a fan. Sure. And um, they used to show um, WWE pay-per-views at Buffalo Wild Wings. And if, if, if you paid 10 bucks at the door, yeah. they gave you a voucher to get like, you know, to buy wings or something. So I'd go watch them. And sometimes uh, the, at the time it was called Cleveland All Pro. And JT Lightning, who I think who ran that place, uh, there was like a local independent promotion. They would do like little raffles in between and talk about their school and stuff like that in between the matches. So I, other than talking to them and just talking about what I wanted to do and going to see a couple of their shows, I had no previous training. Like I said, no legacy, didn't roll around. I uh, was just coming off of, hey, Google my name. I'm the all-time winningest wrestler at Kent State. I've been a fan since five. I'm the hardest working guy you know. I know I'm not six to five or 300 pounds, but give me a shot. Well, you mentioned a name a little bit earlier on, and we actually had uh, people ask us uh, when we've announced that you're coming on the show. They're like, all right, make sure you ask them this question. Triple H, what's it like with him in control now and running the show? What's he to wor- like to work with? Not only as a, as a wrestler that you did, you know, you worked with him earlier on, but now as he's in control of the, uh, the operation. Uh, it, 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 a lot of people keep asking this question and it's like, it's such a group and team effort that it is like, we're all teammates. It's just a different person, you know, uh, in guerrilla position or behind the door that you're pitching your idea to. So it's like, there's so many voices and brains that we have of you know, legends behind the scenes that help us put things together. There's us in the ring that do everything. It's just a different person behind that door with his fresh perspective on things. And he's, the door's always open. You're there to pitch. You can talk to him. You go, hey, how can I tweak this? Maybe you can help me tweak this. How, you know, can I help do something different here? Um, it's been, you know, so it's, there's so many pieces in motion already that it's just, it's one, it's just a slightly different flavor of ice cream of someone going yes or no. So otherwise it's been this absolute teammate group effort that just hasn't even skipped a beat. Talking to Dolph Ziggler here on The People Show. Again, September 24th, Pacific Coliseum, Saturday night's main event. Uh, you'll be in town with Kevin Owens, The Miz, Rey Mysterio, a bunch of other people as well. Uh, what kind of show can people expect uh, when you're in town in a couple of weeks? It's the best, man. Uh, not only is it fun for us, we, we don't get there as often as we do. We had a two-and-a-half-year break for everybody. This is what we feed off of. We live off the fans and that live crowd to make the show that much better. And when they're allowed, we feed off it and our matches get that much better and that much more exciting and fun. It's the greatest sport in the entire world. And the fans 
are the icing on the cake. I can't wait to be there. Dolph, I, I know you don't need this, but if you need somebody to run interference, Bick and I volunteer. Oh, right? yeah, we're, we're happy, man. We're happy we to do people it. behind us, too. Yeah, <laughs> you bring as many people as you can. If you guys get past security, I'll be happy to let you take all the shots for me. <laughs> hey, Dolph, we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to it again the 24th uh, in town. Tickets available at ticketleader.ca. Uh, enjoy week one, and we'll see you in town in a few weeks. All right, sounds good. Take it easy, guys. Dolph Ziggler here on the People's Show, rallying the people. I, I guess we need to uh, storm security a little bit and uh, find our way into the show, Randy. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to – so I love <laughs> his offers. Like, if you don't get pummeled at the outset, you'll get pummeled later on. So either way, yeah, take a shot. Could you take a steel chair? Ooh, um, I could take it when I get up, though, is the yeah. point. Probably not. I, I would – It'd okay, be, th this is low-key for me. Like, I've always, it's always been a dream of mine. You know the bucket list items? I'm a big wrestling, big wrestling guy, watched it. I'll sell a suplex. Like, the original Saturday Night Main events, like, way back in the yeah. day. My dad would record them and every, like, I, sitting ringside is a dream of mine. Haven't achieved it yet. I remember going to a In Your House show here in Vancouver way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels, and I was a massive Shawn Michaels guy. I was like, gotta go to this event. Vader was there. I wasn't at that one. Yeah. I wasn't at that one. That was a massive one. That one and the Raw, the Raw that basically ended any type of, during the Attitude Era where mm -hmm. DX was going ham, I'm pretty sure that Raw was the last WWE event that was in Vancouver for a very long time. If I'm not mistaken, I think Batch was sitting front row in that. There's video of a child right. Batch. Right, yeah. Brendan Batchelor sitting front row. Was it, who's the wrestler in that gif? Is it Kurt Angle or something like that? Gonna have to, gonna have to look that one up. Don't remember that. Yeah, but yeah, there's a, Video of Young Batch at a WWE event. Uh, if you want to go, ticketleader.ca. Uh, again, on the 24th, uh, star-studded lineup. Roman Reigns, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss. Uh, we mentioned KO, Kevin Owens, Bruce Boudreaux. I mentioned Bruce Boudreaux. My man might be there. Checking out his guy, KO. Well, we got this text from Dan in Vancouver saying, hook up Boudreaux, boys. Get him involved through uh, this dude, Dolph Ziggler. There's an idea. You will be heroes. Uh, man, I wish I'd seen that beforehand. Do we utilize Bruce Boudreaux to try to sneak our way in? And then we, we, we run down the ramp into the ring? Maybe we're his manager. Oh. Maybe maybe we're the guy's, his henchman. Really, really weak-ass henchman, but still, nonetheless. That's what we should have told Dolph. What if you called the match? In your ringside. I'd, I'd rather, but then, like, oh, if it was the classic, like, the, the wrestler goes through the table while we're there. Yes. Yeah, you know, there's the, there's that. always the Spanish announced team. The joke of yeah. their tables always broken. How about the Punjabi announced team? And our table is broken. I like that. Let's see you work. Let's make that pitch. There's a couple duds on the table. The, but we'll pink, allow that pronunciation. Pink everywhere. Oh yeah, splashes. Repping the brand. Yeah, I like evolving. I like evolving. Again, ticketleader.ca at the Pacific Coliseum. A couple of Saturdays from now. The people are engaged. Torgi coming in with, awesome. I've always loved Dolph. We need a Raw or SmackDown here. There was also a pay-per-view back in the day. And maybe that's next. Maybe that's next. Uh, 650, 650. Keep coming in with your thoughts with Don't At Me as well. Uh, 25 minutes away here on The People Show. On the other side, we'll talk to Chris Faber from Canucks Army. Uh, what's going on over at the uh, Canucks Skates? Tucker Pullman on the ice. I had a chat with Nils Hoaglander. Someone whose status is kind of up in the air as far as his usage goes. Uh, is Nils making his progress? Is there a second or third season bump coming for Nils Hoaglander? We'll talk about that 
with Chris Faber on the other side. Before we go, though, Pink Floyd's Roger Waters live in the round September 15th at Rogers Arena. Get your tickets now at rogerwaters.com. Vic Nazar, Randy Chanda, Dominic Schramatti, home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.